welcome to episode four of the Sportsbet Basketball Podcast. I'm Ed Wyatt. Thank you for listening or downloading. Sportsbet NBA trader Adam Cox will join us in a bit. But first, as always, it's a welcome to former NBL champion and Sportsbet Basketball ambassador, Mark Worthington. Wortho. Edward. How are you? I'm good, mate. It's uh, we're creeping up to Cup Weekend. Yes. A lot of excitement. That's in, why uh, you're in Melbourne. Yeah, a lot of excitement in Melbourne and... You know, I just thought I'd get away from the warm weather and the beautiful beaches of Cairns <laughs> and come and live with the common folk of Collins Street. And, nice. And enjoy Cup Weekend. Excellent. Well, good to see you. And uh, as a special treat, you've uh, brought in a guest. What, can you explain this? Have I ever. Our first guest, Edward, and I'm really excited about this one, a good mate of mine, Andrew Parkinson. 265 MBL games. He played for the Geelong Supercats, the South Melbourne Saints, the Southeast Melbourne Magic. He was the most improved player in 91. He averaged a nice 21 points that year. Wow. Yeah. He had his career high that year, which was 49 points against the uh, his ex- old. Excuse me. <laughs> he, he's going to say it's 50, but the record says it's 49. Got to go with the record. Against his old club, the Geelong Supercats, I'll add to that. Uh, he was an NBL champion in 92 and 96, yep. and uh, he's now the lord of the has-beens basketball mm. group, which is all masters, all te- we'll get into that later. And if you look at his Wikipedia page, the best thing about him, he plays at MSAC and is regarded as the dirtiest player in K-grade. <laughs> so, Parky, Welcome. Thanks a lot, Wurtho. A grade, actually. And it was 50 points. I've got the video evidence. It was video back in those why days. Why did it, why, so 49, 50, huge difference, obviously, from a psychological standpoint. Why is it in the books as 49? But, well, because technically Eddie Crouch called my last three-pointer as a two. Ah, and I was at least right. a football player. And they didn't have video. I should have brought it in for you. Easy, Ed. It's yep. great to see you again. Yeah, too, absolutely. Ed, uh, we have a long connection, all three of us, to the South Dragons, obviously, which is uh, uh, some good memories. Uh, you have been watching the NBL, I've been told. You're still a fan? I've been a fan for 40 years. Mm. I'm showing my age here, Ed, but uh, I started following it in 1979. I used to go to Albert Park and wow. watch Eddie Palabiscus play. Mm. You've heard of him? He was the guy that helped Shaq with his free throws. Yes, he was. He was yeah. at LSU. I got the. Right. Uh, the honour of playing in front of him uh, in an LSU game and we used to tour the uh, colleges. That was when the NBL was a winter sport. Of right. Yeah. Where though yes. has only ever played in it. I think the last 20 mm. years it's been yep. obviously a summer sport. But uh, So I followed the NBL for 10 years and uh, obviously had the honour of playing in it for 10 yeah. years. And then the last 20 years I've been following guys like Wertho here and other people. And Chris Golding's now my favourite player because you've got to be pretty good to score 50 in a game. Well, you have to have people that sets good screens for him in that game, and that was me. Anyway, um, mate, a bit about your story. Yeah, you came from the Saints, and there was a merger to become the Southeast Melbourne Magic. You were one of two players to actually come from the Saints. The other being a young Andre Lamanus. Yeah, yes. what a story! Uh, he's kicked on okay. <laughs> he's doing all right. Anyway, he was pretty much at the end of the bench. He wasn't playing, so essentially, he didn't you get much clock. Essentially, you were the only player taken from that team and into what was the Southeast Melbourne Magic, which was one of my favourite teams growing up and watching and obviously a really tight bond within that group. Tell us a little bit about that move into that essentially being the only player coming into that group at the time. Yeah, well, it was uh, (coughs) a Natterwood Inspectors team. Brian Gorge and uh, Coach Inspectors, they 
I think we were runners-up the year before to the Perth Wildcats. And uh, it was a big merge coming. And the two teams merged. And I was the only guy from the Saints. So it took a while for the Spectres people to sort of get to like me and know me. But uh, it was a great... Uh, yeah, it was a great experience for me because Brian Gorgian's the greatest coach I mm. think that's ever coached yeah. in this country. I mean, Brett Brown was obviously pretty handy, but uh, I think Brian, yeah, for me was just great for my career, great for that team. And, and we were the most successful team over that eight-year period. Uh, over those eight years, we, I think uh, we made the semifinals every year and I think four of the times we were one game off from making the grand final. We played in four grand finals and we got two titles out of it. So... It was a very good record. I think Brian's winning percentage uh, was 70% and, and above. Yeah, it's it is, ridiculous. It is, it is still 70. Yeah. It is the highest out of the top five, and he's yeah. got more wins than anyone else yeah. by a stretch. The one name from the Saints team that didn't get picked up was Larry Senstock, who yes. obviously had had a great career. He was Legend. the captain of the Boomers and all that, and he didn't get picked up. No. So obviously Gorgian saw something in you. I think John Dorge had been bought in, correct? Yes. At the time. And Dorgie was a upcoming young lurch at that time. Uh, Ex-chicken farmer. But that didn't go down <laughs> too fu- too well, did it, with uh, Larry no. at the time? Well, Brian's got some great stories about how he had to wheel in a lot of the Saints boys. Uh, Nigel Purchase has actually crossed over from the Bullets because mm. he'd left Melbourne Tigers, gone to the Bullets. Uh, the Adams brothers, there was a few guys there from the Saints and he's got some great stories about how he uh, had Kevin with a baseball bat waiting in the spare room when he <laughs> had to talk to these guys. But my meeting went very well. He brought, he, he knew my personality pretty well. He brought a six-pack over and, <laughs> and said, Parky, we, we want you. And uh, Kevin, was uh, his brother was a big fan of mine, which, uh, which didn't hurt, yeah. hurt my cause at all. So, um, you know, going from a starter initially – uh, and an all-star that year. I've, I sound like Homicide Williams talking about myself here. Myself <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was an all-star the previous year, averaged a lot of points, you know, was in the Australian squad. And I guess for me, accepting the role off the bench was something that Brian had to work on for a few years with me. But once I got to appreciate that and started winning rings and started being in a successful team, which I hadn't been in up mm-hmm. to that point, uh, yeah, he sold me on the, accepting my role. And, yeah, from there we... Yeah, we're a very successful team. We talk about the closeness of that Magic team. So obviously you've played with a lot of great players, the Sam McKinnons, the Chris Anstey's, the Jason Smiths. The list went on really. Rob Rose. Who was the best teammate that you played with in that, that era? Oh, well, you've mentioned a few there. I'd, uh, we, I, I would say Chris Anstey, but he works for the opposition, so we'll, we'll <laughs> leave well him Good decision. But well uh, no, Jason Smith, Sam McKinnon, Frank Drimmick's another guy that um, he was 10 years younger than me. Um, we called uh, each other Decade Brothers because there was 10 years difference. <laughs> and it's funny because now that Anthony's playing and he was this little four or five-year-old kid running around <laughs> bothering you all the time, getting your autograph every game and just buzzing around. And it's funny now that uh, – Frank's known as Anthony's brother, whereas when yeah. he first started playing, it was, oh, that's Frank's little brother. So it's great to see uh, to see him in the league. But, no, to narrow it down to one, oh, oh, I guess Jason, I guess I'll say Jason Smith, but I think, yeah, Sam, Chris, uh, those sort of guys, I think, uh, yeah, they were definitely a great team. And the reason they were great teammates is because, I mean, I, I used to play ahead of those guys. I used to play ahead of... You know, Jason Smith and Frank Drimmick and even Sam when he first came. So uh, those guys obviously kicked on and had great <laughs> great careers playing for the Boomers, Olympics. I mean, Jason was captain of the Olympic team, as you know. Yep. 
obviously all part of the has-beens basketball group, oh, now, yes. which their newest recruit, the ambassador of sports bet, Mark Worthington. Oh, you're, now you're strapping it back on yeah. now. Yes. He's, he's been in a development squad for a while. Okay, yeah. He was our, beer, he was our beer boy, oh, sorry, water boy up in, <laughs> in Cairns for the Great Barrier Reef Masters. Right, right. So, last one before we get into the NBL storylines. You've had a long affiliation with Brian Gorgian. Oh, golly. How long does this podcast go for? Yeah. You give us quickly, <laughs> quickly the funniest oh, Gorgian story that you can give us. Well, I'll firstly say that he taught me as a great storyteller, he taught me that never let the truth stand <laughs> yeah. in the way of a good story. <laughs> but I'll tell you a true story. He was a scatterbrain, I think, Ed, as you yeah. know, you've worked with a him bit. before. Yeah. yeah, look, a genius coach, but just would forget his phone, wallets, just yeah. get everything. One day we went on a road trip and he came up with this idea that I'm going to put my wallet in my f- shoe and I'm going to take one shoe off and put it in the overhead baggage. And, he, and then he thought, that way I will not leave without my phone and wallet. <laughs> so he's got one shoe on. Anyway, we waited. We got off. Everyone gets their luggage. We walk off. He walked off the plane all the way out the door with one shoe on and we made him get all the way out and everyone's walking behind him. Just oh. And, and that, that, is, that is a true story. And we're, we're like, Brian, you're missing anything? He's like, no. I'm What's good. Going on? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm, everything's good. We're like, you've got one shoe on. He's like, oh, that's great. That's that awesome. is exactly yeah. People that know him will know that is exactly. But Brian a genius. A yeah, absolutely. Like his mind, like yeah. as a basketball manager, coach. Yeah. You know, got a storyteller. You name it. Absolutely uh, right. Uh, Sports bet basketball podcast. Ed Wyatt, Mark Worthington, special guest to Andrew Parkinson. Uh, let's get into the NBL, Mark, with some storylines. I might just hand it over to you two guys. I'll chip in a little bit where needed, but uh, fire away. Parky, I know you watched the games on the weekend. Perth stole a victory from Melbourne United on the weekend. <laughs> to say that Perth had the rub of the green. Oh, did they what? That thanks to Europe Car and their nice sponsorship of the three people in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did you think of that call against Casper Ware, the charge block call? That was that was a block or it was a no call. And if it's a no call, yeah. you count the basket, yep. there's no overtime. That's basically uh, that's basically the way I saw it. But that wasn't the only one that they got the rub of the green, I might add. So I thought they did a wonderful job after Bubbles, uh, Chris Golding. Uh, went off with his knee injury. He had a tremendous game coming off the bench after Anthony Drimmick accidentally elbowed him on purpose uh, the week before. <laughs> <laughs> accidentally on purpose. Uh, so Bubbles coming off the bench and having 29 up to the point where he yeah, he did his knee. So a lot of things went for Perth uh, yep. that game. So I think they were very lucky. You're right. Yeah, for me, that was a block call. Yeah. But nothing different from a oh. Perth game, if you ask me, and if you ask a lot of the people yeah. that are ex-players, it's tough to win in Perth. Mm, that's part of the reason. <laughs> that's part of the reason. And I think you just got caught up in the moment. I won't n- mention no, the no, guy's no, name. Not worth, no, not worth mentioning names. But he got caught up in the moment and made a bad call. Yep. Next, next one. Adelaide's scheduled to start off with. Mm. This is round four, and they've had a double header every Joey's round. Joey's going to be calling conspiracy on this. Mm. He loves his conspiracy theories. Uh, yeah. Joey. So, well, you people, wrote about this about yeah. what time they got into New Zealand, right? So last week they had a Cairns New Zealand double, both on the road. They play the game in Cairns, did a ter- terrific job. Next day travel, they didn't get into one thirty in the morning. They had a game at 2 p.m. that day. Wow. The game had been brought forward for live TV. 
when a team gets in at 1.30 in the morning, you know – Sometimes, well, you're not getting to sleep till what time? You guys are both ex-players. Well, uh, what time are you getting to sleep? Well, one of the players said he was still awake at quarter past three in the morning. Yeah, of course. So, and that's yeah. only natural. In basketball, sometimes you beat yourself. Yep. Sometimes the opposition beats you. Yep. And sometimes the schedule beats you. Mm. And the schedule beat New Zealand in New Zealand. There's nothing more to it. I think New Zealand was 27 to 8 in the last quarter yeah. for Over points. Over Adelaide. Yeah, so, well, yeah. Adelaide had a great start and they were looking really good at the start. I mean, Finn Delaney had a sensational game. I think he was NBL Player of the Week uh, after that performance. Mm. So he had, he had one out of the box, 12 for 18 from the field. But I'm with you on that one, Werther. That's that's a really – that's a tough ask. Yep. They've got another double this week too. Yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> Next one, Alonzo G. Couldn't get his A into G, so we've seen the end of Alonzo <laughs> and Lamar Patterson has been named as his replacement. What did you think of uh, Alonzo's performance? Uh, his last game, four points, four rebounds in <sighs> 21 minutes, I think it was. Yeah, well, I think he's well known for his defence and I think um, I think Lamar Patterson coming in, the, the Bullets definitely need some scoring. I think they're averaging only 81 points. I think they're the lowest scoring team in the league at the moment. Uh, they had one game out of the box where they scored 100 when they beat... Uh, I think they beat the Wildcats, 100 to 96. Yep. Yep. Well, without that game, they'd be averaging somewhere 75 to 80 points. So Lamar Patterson's going to have to step it up uh, and really score for him because G was not offering much at all. I hate to bag a guy once he's left the shores, but uh, yeah, that, that one. But, you know, give credit where credit's due to Lamarness and his coaching staff, Sam McKinnon and CJ Bruton. Mm-hmm. They made a move quickly, and I think they had to. So I think, yeah, you've got to give them some credit. They, they have... Sold it as personal reasons, but I think, yeah, I think they did personal the old trick. They gave him a promotion <laughs> at the airport, Ed, and it was, he had a promotion for Qantas and he was gone. <laughs> Last one, a can's in trouble. Uh, our mate Mike Kelly, as a first year coach, mm. uh, they're one and three at the moment. What are you, what are you making of cans at the moment? Well, when you used to play for cans, you were basically unbeatable at home up there, and I think, uh, yeah, I think they've got to get there. But, you know, they had a great game against the Kings on the weekend. That, they were very yeah, unlucky well, yeah. Yeah, to not get out of that one. Um, I thought the Kings had a bit of a rub of the green, to be honest, in that one. I guess if it's a bit of home cooking. So, no, I'm not worried about them yet. I think um, I think they're a chance. It sounds silly, but I think they're a chance to maybe knock off Melbourne United at home this weekend. Um, yep. You know, Mike with a little bit of inside knowledge on, on United. Um, and I got that on good authority. Mm. All right. We'll <laughs> take that into the game. Yeah, that's a good good uh, transition. You've done that very well, Parky. Uh, NBL round four begins tonight. We're recording this on a Thursday. So if you end up listening to this on Friday, well, so be it. You can tell us whether we were right or wrong. Adelaide 36ers at Brisbane Bullets. Uh, Adelaide $1.48, Brisbane 267. The line is Adelaide minus four and a half. Yeah, for me, Adelaide one to 10 in this one. Like we said, Lamar Patterson probably won't play in this game. Uh, he'll probably play the second leg of the double. And like we said, Adelaide's fourth straight round of a double header, but I still expect them to win. And what, Adelaide would have got back on Monday from New Zealand? Is that right? So yes. they've had mm. three or four days and then they, or a couple of days and they've had to uh, <laughs> oh, fly Brisbane. up to Brisbane. <laughs> so I think uh, I, I st- I'm with you. I think they're going to win tonight but uh, and I think they'll, they'll beat them at home. 
on Sunday as well. Friday night game uh, is 7.50 Eastern time. Illawarra at Sydney, $1.38 Sydney, 3.17 Illawarra. The line is Illawarra plus five and a half. Yeah, for me, Sydney 1-10 to 10 in this game. Uh, the facts in this one, the Hawks have won five out of the past seven in Sydney. But as we know, there's a brand new Different looking team. team. Yeah. And this is the first game since 1991 with Andrew Parkinson was playing back then that there's been four MVPs in one game. We're wow. going to have Cedric Jackson, uh, Conklin, Randall and Lish in this game. Back in 91 with the Bullets versus the Giants, it was Loggins, Rucker, Borner and Fisher. That is a great fact. Our own stat man here. That's more my Turning era. Them out. Yeah, it is. Thank you, that, thank, that's thank you, that's Mark very, Slocum yeah, again. Very impressive NBL stat man <laughs> from the authority. Yeah. Same thoughts as well, Parky, on this yes. game? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Saturday game, 3 p.m., New Zealand Breakers at Perth Wildcats, $1.34 Perth, three twenty-seven. New Zealand. New Zealand getting six and a half points in this one. I know. You smell, you yeah. smell something on this one? Yeah, well, I know you've got a whole bunch of stats on this one too. <laughs> I, I, I know. I'm smelling some home cooking again. Yes. Mm. That's what it is. Yes. But that being said, New Zealand, they have won more than any other team at the new Perth Arena or RAC Arena as it's mm. now known as. And um, just in case it goes into overtime, you want a little fun fact here? Yeah, I love one. New Zealand Breakers and Perth have gone into overtime five times and New Zealand's won all five. Wow. Including three that have been in Perth. Okay. Well, the only stat I can come up there, I think uh, Perth Wildcats are the highest scoring team in the NBL, they're averaging 97 points a game. Whew. So I, I, I know Finn Delaney had a great game. New Zealand is starting to get their their stuff together, but I really think uh, Perth over there. It, it is a fairly decent line, though. Yeah, for those New Zealand Breakers fans, what was it? Six, six and, and a half. And a half. Ed? Yeah. yeah. Obviously, odds subject to change. Saturday night game, the one you alluded to earlier, Parky Melbourne United at Cairns Taipans. Dollar uh, sixty-five United two thirty cans line is Melbourne United minus two and a half. You'll be up there for this, won't you? Fox doing some be, Fox duty. I will be commentating again. Cans have not dropped three in a row to start the season since two thousand and one. Cans are six and two in cans against United, and for me, Cans are going to win this game mm. one to ten because I don't expect Chris Goulding to travel. Yeah, and. For whatever reason, the Taipans just love playing United in Cairns and United hate travelling to Cairns to play the Taipans. Yes, without bubbles and with Mike Kelly, uh, you know, knowing a little bit mm. about uh, United, even though they've changed uh, a lot of their roster, I think, um, yeah, I think that one's going to be a lot tighter than people think. And uh, there's a lot of pressure on Cairns, a lot of pressure yeah. on them. I think they've only won one, one game and I think they're a better team than that. And I think uh, Mike's going to get them going. And, uh, yeah, they're going to have to deal with Big Nate. Going to be an interesting one to watch for sure. Sunday uh, afternoon game, Brisbane Bullets at Adelaide 36ers. Uh, that reverse uh, fixture there. This one, Adelaide dollar thirty six, Brisbane three twenty eight. Brisbane getting six and a half in this one. Yeah, look, don't even bother. Adelaide 11 plus. It'll be Lamar Patterson's first game. Doesn't matter. It's, a, it's like hell week getting introduced to Adelaide and Adelaide to start off with because mm -hmm. if he forgot his running shoes on the on the uh, the plane on the way over, he'll need to find a new pair because Adelaide will run them off the court. <laughs> yeah, I'm in agreement with that too. I uh, I think Lamar Patterson will take a little bit of a while to find his feet. I think you've mentioned that on your commentary uh, many times before, Were though, that a lot of these NBA guys that come out here, 
they do take a little time to, mm. you know, it, it, you know, he may well be what Brisbane are really needing to push them up the ladder and maybe get them, you know, off that sort of bottom three uh, sort of section of the ladder. But, uh, but yeah, I think Adelaide back at home, uh, the fact that they've both played the previous night, they've both got to travel the same distance to that game. Yeah, I think uh, Adelaide are going to get that one done at home. Final game of the round is a real interesting one. Monday night, the big one. Everyone's been waiting for this all year, let's be honest. 7.50, Sydney Kings at Melbourne United. Uh, at the moment, $1.67, Melbourne United, two twenty six Sydney. The line at this point, Sydney plus two and a half. Well, the things we need to know, Dean Vickerman, 4-0 and versus Andrew Gaze. Mm-hmm. United have won the last seven versus Sydney at an average of 21 and a bit points. That's a shellacking. Melbourne's going to win this one purely based on coaching alone. Right. Dean Vickerman will run rings around Andrew Gaze and his coaching ability in this one. Um, And while uh, the Sydney Kings actually have no one from Sydney on their roster, I think (laughs) half their roster is from Melbourne, over half their roster is from Melbourne, um, and Melbourne have two guys from Sydney on their roster. That's just a fun fact that yeah. I wanted to throw out. One of those quirky but, facts. But the fact that Bogut is coming back to his home state is mm. the biggest storyline yep. out of all of this. Um, yeah, this has got to be the game of the round. Yeah. And I think when these two teams played in the preseason, it got a bit feisty. It did. When and Bogut, Bogut, Bogut loves and Golding. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, no, he threw down Craig Moller oh, that's first right. yeah, and, and then Golding. Just, and and, and right. you've got to love Andrew Bogut. He calls it how he sees it. Mm. And he's mentioned a little bit before, he, he got a little bit narky about a lot of players flopping. Uh, even though I will say... Last week. Last week. He flopped. Nate, did, did you see it too, <laughs> I did Ed? see it. Nate I Joe did. Wyatt. Now, yeah. I know that guy could knock over anybody, <laughs> but uh, I think Bogey took a little bit. Mm. He, he actually said in an interview previously, he said, all oh, these guys flopping in the league. He said, I might try and do it myself. <laughs> He's a go. man of his word <laughs> because I think I saw the first ever... Andrew, it wasn't a Vladi Divac type no, not you know, at all. thing. He doesn't yeah. do it often. No. But he did do it once against the big fella, Nate. Little male on and, that. Uh, yeah. But I think this one's <laughs> going to be feisty. It's the game of the round. Uh, Chris Golding's back for this one. Cup Eve in Melbourne. I mean, yeah, you can't huge. get much. But this should be played at Rod Laver where the big boys used to play mm. in the 90s. Mm. Can you two clowns cut it out? All right. You guys have never stood in front of Nate Jarwhite. Agreed. And Nate, fair. Nate True. dropped his shoulder on that one. Now, Call it a flop if you want. He over accentuates. Yeah, a little it. I would never say Andrew Bogut flops. How's that? I'm just saying, if you get hit by Nate. Oh, yeah, I'd be through the wall. Yeah. He makes you look like you're flopping because <laughs> well, he can knock you over with that much yeah, ease. Yeah, yeah. And he got underneath him a little okay. bit. So I'm just saying. No, I'll defer to you I'm on just that. Saying, okay, sure. He accentuated. I'm just saying, <laughs> maybe, but I'm just saying. It's not a pleasant feeling. Yep. All right. After two years of having that at training, yeah. it's it's not a pleasant feeling. Okay, we'll give you that one. Now, we're going to have to turn our attention to the NBA. Uh, Parky, we're going to let you go and really thank you for coming in. Uh, any last words? I just want to – someone who's been around and followed the NBL, um, it went through that early peak, then the trough, and now it tends to – looks like it's peaking again. Can can you believe it? I may ask this question of a lot of people. Did you think this was going to happen? Yes. You did, okay. Yes. No, yep. I've been following it for 40 years, yeah. as, as, as I said earlier, and I think uh, the way it's heading now, 
is great. They're playing the NBA, NBA teams in off-season. Yep. I think that really helps. Except, that's what was happening in the 90s. There was that little bit of, you know, basketball was sort of cool and it, basketball's just getting cooler and cooler mm. in this country. And I think with the ninth team coming in, the old South East Melbourne, whoever they're going to be. Whatever they call them. Because uh, I will say with the NBL, with eight teams, you know, every t- I mean, it's a tough competition. There's no dilution of talent at right. all. I mean, every team's got three pretty good imports and there's two or three – Australian squad members in mm. every team. So when you turn on the TV and you watch watch the games now, the standard is is extremely high. Is. I mean, I played. I remember some teams in the night that we'd had fourteen teams, you know, playing in the NBL. Now, you know, now there's eight. I think they need more teams. I think it'll develop like as the A League has. They started with eight, I think. Now yes. they're up to. Yep. And I think I can see the NBL going that way. And I heard uh, Vince Cravelli talking the other day about he expects in two years to be playing at Rod Laver Arena. Yeah, I did read that as yeah. well. And I yeah. think that would be a great thing because I'll never forget playing in the 90s. We'd play on a Tuesday against the Perth Wildcats and we'd get 14,000 yeah, people it's unbelievable, to come and it? watch us play. Yeah. And when you see the standard of the league now and the, all the boys playing, Bogut's back playing, you've got Nathan Sobey doing his thing in Adelaide. You've got Chris Gould, you've got all these great players, Bryce Cotton, uh, Trimble's in the league now. You switch on the game and every game has got some really great players. So I think they deserve, the NBL deserves to get... All that recognition, I think it's only going to get better. And I think I want to see it get to the point where it passes what it was in the 90s. And I was blessed enough to play mm. in the absolute peak of the NBL. Those 10 years, the sort of 11th to 20th year of the NBL, sort of 80 to 90, uh, 90 to 2000 was sort of the peak. Um, but it's great to see it back and I think it's only going to get bigger and better. Well, thanks, Andrew. Great to see you, mate. We'll see you again. Lord Parkinson, great, legend. great to be here. I've got to head up to the Gold Coast tomorrow to beautiful. Uh, play Good luck the, uh, for the Hasbeens. Yeah, we'll, don't pull a hammy. We'll no, well, I've actually got a r- oh. rotator cuff. It's, uh, oh, it's not Doc, your shooting Doc, shoulder, though. No, it's a left. Doc Garnham said, "Listen, Parky, you're going to have you can't pass, you can't play defense, and you can't <laughs> rebound." And I said, "Well, that's great because I won't have to change my game at all." <laughs> All right, now we do need to talk some NBA after that uh, extensive NBL session, which was fantastic. Thanks for bringing Park in, by the way. So we'll get to get him back in again. Absolutely. Absolute gold. Uh, and More knows, stories and, to tell. Yeah, but also knows his stuff. That's Absolutely. the thing. Not just storytelling, knows his stuff. Coxie is back, our NBA trader, Adam Cox. How are you, my friend? Good afternoon, fellas. How are we? We've caught you doing another Mavs game, haven't we? This is we? ridiculous. I think you're doing it on purpose. You just <laughs> find the Mavs schedule and pencil in a podcast during it. Quick, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, Adam underscore, <laughs> I can't even remember. Adam underscore 41, is it? No, yeah, that's remember. it. Something like that. Adam yeah, <laughs> Cox completely lost underscore it. 41. <laughs> See, we tried this and it didn't work. Uh, let's get into some storylines and, and let's start with the negative things. We love starting with positives on here, but today I'm going to switch do. it around. Go with the negatives. Washington, the ba- Wizards. Basket case. What's going on? I don't know. What's happening? Um, Look, Dwight we, Howard. We did pencil this in as, <laughs> as a bit of a disaster with the roster changes they made, bringing in Howard, yep. you know, Austin Rivers, guys like that. But, you know, just watching things like off the ball the other day, John Wall, you know, they ran a play for Otto Porter and he went to the quarter and just put his hands on his knees and, you know, <laughs> threw his hands up in the air when the play wasn't run properly. It's just that kind of leadership. You know, they're a mess on the defensive ends. Their offense isn't clicking at all and Howard hasn't even touched the ball yet. So... I don't know. There's big problems there, and I'm not sure how they're going to resolve them. Yeah, well, you a John Wall fan? I think he's super talented. Yeah, Uh, but obviously there was problems last year between him and Gortat when Mm -hmm. uh, Gortat was still there. For me, if you bring Dwight Howard into your organization, it's the same as bringing Carmelo Anthony into your organization. 
the big C word is yeah. attached to it, and he has been he's been horrible mm. for franchises everywhere he's gone. Essentially, after he left Orlando, the um, as a rookie, very quirky character, isn't that whole thing? He could write a book on just. He tries to act cooler than yeah. what he is. It's he's, a very strange. Yeah, it's one of the most unique NBA situations, I think. You know, because you get guys that you go, "Oh yeah, this guy's a jackass." You know it, or whatever. Yeah. But we'll play him, or whatever. Howard's just this weird guy. It never really comes out what it is, but everyone says he's just poison in, in the locker room. Yeah, which is very strange. Well, even my dealings with you know Team USA when he was a part of it, mm. he was away from that group. Yeah, right. For the majority of it, and the one person he was with was Chris Bosch, who is equally as weird. Quirky character yeah. himself. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, he, okay. he's got that stigma attached to him. Mm. Um, and obviously his reputation from oh. where, where everyone projected it to be to where it is now, it's it's almost like it's a shame. Yeah, it's a weird I kind one. of feel like this sits on, on wall more than Howard though. Like he's the leader of this team. Yep. You know, they had problems last year. He was upset when Bill got his contract and he wasn't paid enough, you know, and he is a great player, like he's super talented, but I mean, at some point, you know, they're going to have to look at him as an organisation or he's going to have to look at himself and try and figure something out yeah, there because he's just like not the working. the new Deron Williams. Yeah. He's just oh, killing yeah. coaches one yeah. by yeah. one. Well, speaking of that, let's the next two kind of go together. Well, the, I'm going to put these two together. Houston and, and the disastrous start they've got, and then we potentially tie that into – Jimmy Butler, which is the rumor and has been a rumor for a long time. So we first start, let's first start with Houston. What's going on? Injuries, suspensions. I mean, they haven't got their team together. Yep. Which obviously, you know, has a big say in it. But just looking at them, they, they look a bit lost as well. They made those changes, bringing Mallow in. That's going to take time to adjust. Obviously, no, let's call, he's, let's call obviously a spade he's the team right now. Don't, don't, don't just dance around this. They messed up their roster they by did. bringing him in. Mm. They lost defense. They lost three-point shooting. Ariza and Bamute. Yep. Yep. And they brought in a guy that is a loser. Let's just call it how it is. He is He's a, struggling. There's he, no doubt about it. He has for a while. He was in Denver when I was at Metro State. He was at the Nuggets, obviously. Everyone projected him to be as good as LeBron at that stage after his rookie season. He went to New York. He didn't do anything That was there. a big problem, that move. Huge. He went to OKC. Disaster. Yep. And now a team that was one game away from knocking off the Warriors last season to make it to the Western Conference Final, and they're one and five? Yeah. Yep. It, oh, it, you just, it shows how important glue guys are mm. in not only NBL but NBA because Trevor Ariza... Luke and yep. They're, they're just glue guys that held that team together. So I, th- I think they'll be fine, but I think this Jimmy Butler trade is going to get pushed through. Like they played Brooklyn yeah. on yeah. Saturday. And he's not I traveling think. on. So he didn't play today. today. Okay. They said it was rest, but it was literally Jimmy Butler saying, I'm not playing today. It's part <laughs> of his strategy, I guess you could call it, to get out of there. Um, to be fair, he's been playing really well. He has. And he, he will fit, the, he'll help their team. I think he fits their team quite nice. Mm. Um, but what they want to give up for him, whether they're willing to release Gordon, which is apparently the Minnesota, you know, that's that's what they want in the deal as long as it, as well as those picks. Um, but I think you know if they lose to Brooklyn, this deal is going to happen pretty quick. I think Daryl Morey is not one to mess around. Yep. Uh, Cleveland, this Can is we, one. We, I'm going we, off the sorry, script. Sorry. Okay, yeah, go. I'm going off script. Go, go off script. I don't even have a script. 
Carl, <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns. Yep. Mm. For two years straight, he's been the guy that the GMs have said they would love to build a team around him. Yeah. He's been a grumpy cat. Mm. He's been a he sad has. cat. Yep. I think he's mentally weak because when Jimmy Butler has been playing there by his side, he hasn't done anything. He looks this disinterested. Season. He just he, doesn't want to be. If there. you go back to the contract signing, Minnesota put the big fat contract in front of him. He doesn't sign it. Jimmy Butler goes off on his little tangent with all rumors of him being traded pretty much straight away. He signs the contract. Jimmy Butler doesn't play one game. He, I think he had, what, 30, 30 odd points and 16 odd rebounds in the one game. Yeah. Jimmy Butler comes back. He's sad, grumpy cat again. <laughs> Jimmy Butler doesn't play today. What does Cat do? He has a blinder. Has a good game. And they win. And they win. Cat, mm. grow up. Be a pro. Stop sooking. You're getting paid millions upon millions of dollars. Yep. And you're acting like a child. And this be isn't the just, franchise player that you're supposed to be. This isn't just you saying this. This is going around the league as well that, you know, when Butler plays, you know, a lot of GMs are saying now you don't know which cat you're going to get turned up. He's yeah, either right. interested or he doesn't want to play. Mm. You know, and you can see that in the way he works for the, even, you know, small things like rebounds, you know, running those pick and rolls. Sometimes he just, yeah, it's just I'm not playing today. And just a little inside information here, he's one of the toughest people to deal with if you're on management side in the NBA. Right. He has got a reputation already for being surprise a me. diva, yeah. a prima donna, and not a lot of people want to deal with him. So grow up, young fella, because you have the world at your feet, but at the moment you, you're coming off really, really bad to the public. Yeah. All right, a few more before we uh, finish up here. Uh, just quickly off script, Cavs getting rid of Tyron Lue. Uh, unfair? Uh, personally, I think so. Yeah. Like if you finish last and get that number one or, you know, top five pick, you know, what difference is firing him now to firing him at the end of the season going to make? Yeah. Like he's got you to three straight finals. Obviously LeBron was coaching that team, but he was still a big part of it. I mean, there's a bit of respect there. You're not gaining anything by firing him. And now they've got a half-interim coach who they haven't given a contract to. He doesn't know what his situation is. So it's just a mess. Personally, I didn't like it. I thought they should have kept him. Reevaluated at the end of the yep, season. I agree. You know, nothing's going to change. They weren't going to make playoffs as it was. No. So I think it was very unfair. This will just be the first of many changes that are yeah, happening. No, yeah, I without expect a doubt. Kevin Love to be dealt. I expect Kyle Corver to be dealt at some stage. They're blowing this team up, and yeah. they started with making Ty Lue the scapegoat. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. They lose. They did lose their first six against the idea. Big weekend in Cleveland, by the way, with Hugh Jackson getting fired, the coach of the Cleveland Browns as yeah. well. The so, Indians <laughs> coaches are yeah, nervous right looking now. looking at his watch. Luckily, yeah. they, they had a relatively decent season, you know. Uh, MVP, Rookie of the Year race, what do you got on that? Some changes. Some changes. We've, we've given Steph Curry a pretty decent chop. Um, obviously, his start to the season has been remarkable. <laughs> Unreal. Um, and there was, you know, a lot of articles coming out and a lot of, you know, interviews with him in it saying, you know, don't forget about me and Durant. I want to win these awards just because we're on the same team doesn't mean that we shouldn't be, you know, looked at for MVPs and things like that. Yep. Um, so he's got a decent chop. We're still, Antetokounmpo still on top with their brilliant start, obviously. Yeah, they've been unreal. Records do have a factor if you're a star player on a team yep. that's, you know, near the tops. He's 450. Then it's a bit crowded. We've got Davis at fives, LeBron and Steph at 550, and then just outside that Kawhi. Okay. And rookie of the year? 
Doncic, we chopped in a ah, favourite after man. his 31-point yeah. game. Mate, we have to win something this year. Yeah, he can play. <laughs> he he, he looks like, you know, I've watched a few of the games. I haven't watched a lot of them because they're hard viewing, let's yeah. be honest. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you just see the things he does. Doesn't look like a rookie. And obviously he's played in Europe and all that, but he's young. He looks he, comfortable. He certainly does that, look that comfortable. Comes, that's yeah. the word that comes to mind with me. Yep. He looks comfortable. His shot selection needs a bit of work. Um, but ah, shoot it, young fella. Yeah, yeah. I think he was on camera telling to uh, give me the effing ball the other day. But <laughs> you know, he looked really good. So he's been into favourite into two fifty eight and still solid there at three bucks. And uh, Trey Young's looked okay too. As much as my, you know, I yep. wasn't big on Trey Young. His uh, his vision has looked been really impressive. Again, shot selection's an issue. But yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see how these guys as the season goes on whether they can uh, hold up or they hit that rookie wall. Couple of quick ones just before we wrap up. Couple of Saturday ESPN games worth looking at. OKC goes to Washington. That's a pick'em game. Yep. And the Wolves at Golden State. Golden State minus twelve at the moment in that one. Any thoughts on those two? Big game for Washington. Mm. Something's coming if they don't win a couple of these next home games. They've yep. had their little road trip. Um, OKC looked awful in their first half yesterday, and then all of a sudden turned it on and you know made people change their minds on how they think about yep. it. Yep. I'm leaning towards OKC in that game. And Minnesota, you know, if Butler plays, you know, I kind of like the plus there, but then, you know, how comfortable do you feel that that team's going to turn up and, and play mm, properly? Yeah. I mean, the thing about Golden State is they can turn it, you know, 12 points can be nothing. You yeah, know, they can you beat know, you by 40. They're famous third that, quarters. Yeah, they yeah that's exactly right. right Clay, how about Clay, by the way? We need to mention that, setting the uh, three record. And someone put a great photo out. I don't know if you saw it, of Steph celebrating, the but pair of them celebrating together. Steph had his arms up in the air, as well as uh, uh, Clay. And I just thought that spoke volumes. Uh, I'll go one step further. The marketing genius of Tissot, the watch company, mm. they signed Clay Thompson the day before. As an ambassador. Is that right? And so wow. how about speaking to the brand of precision <laughs> and timing great. that he makes an NBA record the very next day of 14 threes and you're just like, whoever's like, we should mm. put Clay Thompson up, you just got a promotion. Jeez. Big time. Yeah, no kidding. That's great But stuff. what an unbelievable performance. And like you said, the thing that makes the Warriors better than the rest is their love of celebrating each other's accomplishments. Yeah, it's great. And he broke Steph Curry's record. Yeah. And Steph Curry is the one that's they're celebrating the most. And it was it wasn't a, con, a thing made up too. At the moment it went in, Steph put his arms up. Yeah. But it was just a, a legitimate response. And I can't wait for Steph to make 15 threes next <laughs> <Yeah>. week. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably why he can do it. He knows that's coming. Yeah. Coxie, thanks for coming in. No worries. Great to see you, Wurdo. Thank you. Edward Good work. Pleasure as always. And uh, that is it for the Sports Bet Basketball Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. Of course, stay across the NBL at nbl.com.au. Keep it on the Sports Bet Twitter and the Instagram feeds and the Facebook page. And always, gamble responsible.